I'm Rob Skinner, and this is the Rob Skinner Podcast. Today I'm reading from my book, How to Plant and Grow a Church. Today I'll be reading Chapter 11, How to Raise Up Leaders. I'll also read the conclusion of the book, and today will be my final reading from this book. All this and more on the Rob Skinner Podcast. Welcome back to the Rob Skinner Podcast. My goal is to inspire you to live a no-regrets life, make this life count, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. The CLIMB Conference is coming up November 30th through December 3rd in Dallas, Texas. I'd like to ask you to register today at robskinner.com if you haven't already. It's going to be an amazing, amazing conference that will inspire you, equip you, train you, and prepare you to do amazing things in 2024. It's going to be filled with people like yourselves, people who are eager to advance God's kingdom, to grow, to learn, to make friends, to develop partnerships with people from around the world. We've got amazing speakers who are going to absolutely thrill your soul. They're going to inspire you by what they have to share from the word. Please, please, please sign up at robskinner.com if you haven't already, and I look forward to seeing you in Dallas. Chapter 11, Raising Up Leaders. New churches attract oddballs, misfits, and mighty future leaders. I don't understand why that is, but it seems there's a higher per person ratio of quote-unquote interesting people in small churches. One of the reasons church plantings attract future leaders is that it takes so much faith to be converted in or move into a new church. The singing is often shaky, the fellowship is small, the organization is often loose, The church is often a house or other structure that doesn't feel like church. All these negatives are barriers to the average person becoming a Christian. However, the one thing a church planting has in abundance is vision and enthusiasm. This faithful, hopeful, and future-oriented atmosphere draws dreamers to it. Only those with a deeper-than-average faith can see the potential in your church. That's why so many future leaders are often converted in or moved to church plantings. In Ashland, Oregon, the first woman converted on the campus at Southern Oregon University was Amy Campbell. When she first came to our church, we were meeting in our living room, and our church was composed of 30- and 40-year-old people. She had faith and now leads a church with her husband, Chris. Her husband left his full-time position to live on minimum wage just so that he could train for the ministry. At one point, he lived in our church building for a period so that he could save money. He set up his bed in one of the children's classes. There was no shower in the church, so he would either shower at the YMCA or at one of the members' houses. The church building was really spooky at night, and people would often pull into the parking lot at night and either sleep or conduct their drug deals behind the building. Chris built the campus ministry when there was nothing. Chris married Amy, and now they lead a church in the Northwest. Nate Bigby offered to come down and help us reach out on campus early on. When Nate arrived, I asked him to hop on the back of my motorcycle and we went to a hill overlooking the university. We prayed that God would build a thriving campus ministry at Southern Oregon University. 
Shortly after that prayer, he, along with another short-term missionary, met Amy Campbell on campus, and that started our campus ministry. Every day, Nate would leave our home and walk to campus by himself and reach out. That solitary conviction reminds me of Paul as he spoke at the Areopagus while waiting on Timothy to arrive. It's no wonder to me that Nate the Great went on to become an evangelist in the San Antonio Church and then the Corpus Christi Church. He had faith when the church had nothing else. During one particularly intense game of Ultimate Frisbee, Chris Schwarzenberger, the campus minister, was knocked down to the ground by a freshman woman. She had platinum blonde hair and a smile that makes everyone who sees it smile involuntarily. She started coming to church when the church was less than 15 people. And although she had not grown up going to church, she got baptized. She invited her brother and her girlfriend. They became Christians soon after her. These early converts had the faith to see God's kingdom for what it was when the church was extremely rough and raw. She went on to join the Tucson Mission Planting in 2012, and her friend went overseas as a missionary to China. She lived there for a number of years and got married to her husband, who was also converted in Ashland. As the church grew, college students started coming to church in increasing numbers. Like working in a gold mine, we hit a vein of Hawaiian students who all seemed to know each other. Through word of mouth, they came out in threes and fours. One of these was a man by the name of Brad Tomashiro, a wrestler on the college team. He had a deep love for God, and I can still remember him walking up to me in tears after a sermon. We baptized him, and he started reaching out to his girlfriend, Alicia Sakamoto. She was the president of the Hawaiian Students Club. She studied the Bible and became a Christian. By this time, we had so many islanders in our church that I called the leadership of the church in Hawaii and asked them to visit. I knew most of these students were going back to Hawaii after graduation, and I wanted to make sure there was a smooth transition. Brad and Alicia graduated, married, and now work in the full-time ministry in, in Hawaii. First in Honolulu, now they're on the Big Island. Brad helped his parents become Christians, and they support the church on the Big Island of Hawaii. All these future leaders came to the church in its infancy and went on to serve as missionaries, ministers, and church planters. The adventure of planting a new church seems to attract the spiritually adventurous. In training these leaders, your faith and vision are what those around you will imitate. Your life and example, your stories and values are the pillars on which future leaders build their spiritual dreams. Aside from your example, spending regular time together makes a huge difference. On a recent visit to see Chris and Amy, they reminded us that we had dinner and discipling every Tuesday night for three years straight. I didn't remember that when they mentioned it, but it was something they couldn't forget. Put the time into those who have the most talent for leadership. This is the principle that Jesus demonstrated and that Robert Coleman hammers away at in his book, The Master Plan of Evangelism. Conclusion Although Peter, Paul, and the other apostles received plenty of attention for their mission planting work, the explosion of new growth and new plantings that followed the persecution in connection with Stephen was spearheaded by unknown church planters returning to their countries, provinces, and hometowns. People of all nations had gathered in Jerusalem for that fateful Pentecost, and after becoming Christians and learning under the apostles, they returned to their hometowns. They had a burning passion to share the good news they'd received with their friends and families. You're part of that great tradition of missionaries and church planters when you're called by God to start a new church or ministry. 
Although it's perhaps the most challenging calling, it's also the most satisfying. When I look back on the places and people God has called me to, I'm filled with deep satisfaction that my life has been lived well. He took my worthless life before Christ and redeemed it, enabling me to spend my life on a worthwhile mission. I hope you will pursue your dreams for God. I believe church planting and church planters are the hope of the future. I want to leave you with a quote that's inspired me when I faced tough decisions and challenges. It reminds me that my work is a calling from God and that it has the potential to encourage others to do greater things for God. You have been assigned this mountain to show others it can be moved. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. Here's how you can help support the program. First of all, hit the subscribe button and send a link to your friends. Let people know about it. Secondly, read and review one of my books, either How to Plant and Grow a Church or Courage, How to Make This Life Count. You can find them on Amazon.com because my goal is to inspire you to make this life count, live a no-regrets life, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Have a great day and make this life count.